If you've been following along and have never joined a design bootcamp, I'm going to encourage you to sign up. It's five hours of workshops and we have live versions going on often so you can come and ask questions. Go to www.designsuitecourses.com slash design bootcamp. If you have been struggling to get sales from your design work or understanding what you really need to do to make money, I have the workshop for you. On September 23rd, I'm hosting my first ever profitable designer workshop. This one day, three hour workshop is only $97, but I have a discount for all my podcast listeners. Go to KarinaGardnerCourses.com slash profit and put in the code podcast for $50 off. I can't wait to see you more profitable. Welcome to the Make and Design Podcast. I'm your host, Karina Gardner. On this podcast, we're unraveling the everyday joys and dilemmas of design, making, and business. For makers who want to be designers and for designers who are makers, this is your inside scoop to help you grow your business and bring more creativity to your life. Hey guys, today I'm here with Christopher Thompson, who is most known as the Tattoo Quilter on Instagram. Um, Christopher is a designer with me at Riley Blake, and he actually works for Riley Blake now and the two of us I almost wish I had recorded us just chatting because we were talking about Broadway and New York City and it like seriously the stories and the wealth of knowledge Christopher has is amazing do you want to tell them anything you don't have to tell me tell them any of the things we were talking about but we were just talking about how he's been to Mean Girls like 17 times and Beetlejuice three times. I have a daughter who's obsessed with Beetlejuice. So seriously, and I hadn't heard anything about this like lottery system or hanging out when you go off the train to get like, will you tell any of that? Because I'm sure people are fascinated. Um, They're probably mortified that I've seen Mean Girls 17 times, but that's okay. Um, I, you know, honestly, now I don't know with the pandemic how things have changed, uh, but a lot of shows will do a rush, um, like a student rush or an early morning rush. So um, I've been in line for shows at seven in the morning to get rush tickets. And usually they're super cheap tickets. Um, sometimes they're not the best seats. Sometimes they're standing room only. But I always check out playbill.com um, and they will post an article of shows that are doing rush, standing room only. Um, and then some shows do a lottery where when you go, I think it's two hours before the show starts, you can enter your name on a piece of paper. They'll put it in a bowl and then they'll select um, you know, names for people to get tickets to see that show that night. And it's like I said, it's two hours usually before the show. So I would get off the train at work find out which shows were doing those lottery tickets, go and enter, um, and you could get one ticket or two tickets. And so I would go see a show, you know, and, and a lot of times the lottery tickets are like 30 bucks, 40 bucks, um, you know, nothing over a hundred because Broadway tickets are so expensive. Um, so yeah, that was kind of my magic trick to be able to see shows, um, you know, as many times as I did, you know, and I love when people would come to visit because then I would say, let's go see a show, you know, and and uh, Sue Daly, who's also a designer for Riley, uh-huh. her and her daughter in New York City, and we went to see Beautiful, which I hadn't seen. Um, this was well before the pandemic. Um, I think I even tried to convince her to see Beetlejuice, and she was like, no. <laughs> I know. Well, so the crazy thing to me about Beetlejuice, because when we were in New York City a couple years ago, we went to go see Beetlejuice and Mean Girls. Both of those were high on my list. And then we also went and saw Wicked. Um, 
Beetlejuice, like, I don't really love the show, like the movie with Michael Keaton. I mean, it's okay. Like, it's fun. It's entertaining, whatever. But I loved the Broadway play. Like, I loved it because it's just so quirky and the set design is amazing and the music is fun. And it's just, there's something about it that feels different in the Broadway play version than it does, right? Yeah, they adapted it to the musical. And, you know, I think when you add music to, you know, any sort of like movie or lyrics or, you know, um, script, it changes the whole dynamic of it. And you're getting more, I think you're getting a a closer look to the character itself. So like you get to experience Lydia in a different point of view because she's singing a song about, you know, her dead mom. Um, Same with Beetlejuice. I mean, they really changed Beetlejuice. You know, he's still kind of pervy, but like just, (laughs) he's sassy. And the guy who played him was brilliant. Like he, he pulled it off because I think that is one of the things about the movie. You're like, uh, he's like, he's like a little too creepy. Like, whereas you don't feel that on the Broadway play. You just like, it's almost like he's being made fun of a little bit for the way he is. And it's, it's ridiculous. I, I watched this um, interview he did where he actually trained his voice to do that. Oh my gosh. So that he wouldn't, because I was like, I can't imagine doing that seven shows, you know, a week, I would be hoarse and down for it. But he, he trained his vocal cords to be able to do that scratchy deep voice so that he wouldn't injure himself. And I'm like, brilliant. I know that's so crazy. You guys, I know we're going to, we're going to get to mini quilts today, but it seriously, especially at this time, like when the country is, we hope kind of starting to open up a little bit and that you get a chance like this has just been it's been so fun to connect and like hear about living in New York City because I've never lived there my little sister lives there she's in fashion design and then just hearing all of Christopher's background in fashion design seriously so cool like so like good good stories and then now even like with Jack living there I don't know how you guys are doing it like back and forth like how's that work yeah so um some people might not know this, but Jack, my partner, um, he has a master's in costume construction. And uh, when we first started dating, he was working as a swing at the Lion King. And a swing is typically someone they would call in if someone full-time was out sick. Um, so they have swings for everyone, you know, the cast, the crew, um, you know, wardrobe. And he ended up, um, was in the right place at the right time. Uh, got a full-time track dressing Mufasa and Simba at the Lion King. And I seriously, so cool. Like, it just like, I'm like, what? That's what he does. That's so cool. And he, you know, and I, I think it's really cool. And he's like, yeah, you know, it's my job, you know? Um, But uh, he, we just, we moved out to Salt Lake city and um, you know, that's his heart is, and that's what he knows how to do. Um, You know, his experience is, is theater and costume construction. And um, so he had a hard time finding a job, like even at Target, you know, they were like, you have no retail experience. We're not going to hire you, which is so silly to me. But anyway, um, we decided um, that it was best for him to move back to New York City to continue his job at the Lion King. And um, so we moved him back at the beginning of August. They went through crazy rehearsals for a few weeks with Julie Taymor, who, you know, created the Lion King on Broadway. 
And um, which I think is really cool. And he's like, oh yeah, Julie's here today. And I was like, what? Like send me pictures. <laughs> um, but uh, I went to see him um, the weekend right before the show opened. And so I got to go to final dress. It was invited, you know, fa- friends and family were invited to go. And I was so nervous because I had not been around that many people in a year and a half, you know, being on a plane, you know, it, yeah, hundred people, whatever, but it was an entire theater full of people. And, you know, there's protocols now where you have to show your vaccination card and you have to be masked. Well, I took it to the extreme and wore two masks because I was so nervous. <laughs> and um, it was the most magical thing because I kept thinking about all of these, you know, people who had been out of a job for a year and a half and come back together. And it just, I just cried. And I, I said to my friend who went with me, I was like, I'm going to cry when the, the animals come down the aisle. I always cry when the animals come down the aisle. Like, doesn't? But but it's it is always so magical. But I can only imagine in that particular circumstance how much more magical. Because when you're away from that, it it's like everything you took for granted before now feels like really special. Yeah, and that's what it was like. And it was it was Julie came out did a speech, and then as soon as as they do the circle of life and the curtains came up. I mean, everyone, just the energy in that room. I wish I could have bottled that up. The emotion too, and just bottled that up to save it because I just was like, ah, you know, and, and the lady who plays Rafiki, Sidi, um, I met her one time. Um, we got to take a babka making class together um, with some other members. I don't know what that is. What is that? It's like a bread. It's a, it's a bread, a babka okay. bread. And I think I'm saying it right. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. Um, and uh, so I got to meet her and I think she's maybe 60. Um, beautiful woman, beautiful soul. And so to hear, and she's from South Africa. And so to hear her sing those opening notes of Circle of Life and knowing her and I just was like, I uh, don't know if I can take this anymore. Um, I am just hearing about it and I'm getting goosebumps. Like, I'm like, I wasn't even there and I'm getting goosebumps. It, it was, it was magical. And, um, you know, now some other shows have started to open, you know, Aladdin's opened, um, Wicked, Phantom, all the big ones. Um, the one that I'm super excited about, and hopefully I'll be able to see uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, the musical. Yeah, I saw that um, that was on, but I've never, I don't know anything about it. I'm super stoked uh, to see it. And I think I really want to see it because of the costume change from, you know, hi- you know him to her. Uh, so I'm, I'm stoked to see how they do that so quickly. Um, but yeah, I, I love Broadway and, and Jack's happy to be back and, and working. And um, we lucked out. We were, we were able to be, get back into our old apartment building and, and um, which is next door to Wicked. Um, so oh, we I know exactly where cold. it is then. Cause I stayed in um, a hotel that was right across from wicked. So that's so crazy there. Um, And uh, he took the dogs with him because it's easier for him to run, you know, between the shows or, you know, before he goes to work or after work to take them out. Whereas here I would need a dog walker. Um, But yeah, we're doing it and we're making it work and we'll see, you know, what happens. And we, Uh, you know, it's interesting because people are like, Oh, but you're away from each other. Well, the reality is when, you know, before the pandemic, because of Jack's schedule, we were opposite, really. I was at work when he was at home. And then when I was at home, he was at work. And, you know, when he got home from work, I was ready to go to bed, you know? So 
we had pockets of time together. So it was usually Monday when he was off. That was our date night. And, you know, we did things together. And then Saturday morning, we always went to breakfast. Sunday morning, we always went to breakfast. And then he was at work or I was at work. Yeah. And so it's very similar to that now where. Which is so ironic because my husband and I both work from home. He works upstairs and I'm on the main floor in my studio and he has an office upstairs, but we still have to go out. We go out Friday nights, kind of our religiously, we go out and it's like, we haven't seen each other all week long because we haven't like, he's up there working 60 hours. I'm down here working 60 hours. And so you like, and then we're racing kids to all their things. And so it is, there is something to be said about that. And I love that both of you are kind of just like chasing your passions, like, and what you really love and want to do, which speaking of like, tell me about Riley Blake. Are you in the office? Are you working from home? How does that work? Yes. So I, um, since I got here, which has been a year, I um, have been in the office, um, which I really love because it gives me the opportunity to, I, I think there are some jobs that you have to do in person. So when it comes to something like design, marketing, graphic, all that things. I want to see and touch things. Like I want to print out, you know, sorry, trees, but I want like a printout of things, you know, like I need to see it. And so, um, I love being in the office and then I get to work with Holly, who's the design director for mm-hmm. Riley Blake, um, and Cindy, um, you know, and just that partnership and relationship that you can do in person, I think is stronger than when you're on a screen. Yeah. And are you, so you're in the Alpine office, you're in the corporate office, office. right? Not the Sandy. Um, We actually moved and I'm like super close to the Sandy office, which is so amazing because I'm always ordering my own fabric. Like I need to pick up stuff and I'm just, I just race down there and go pick up what I need. It's the best. Um, But I love those Alpine offices. Those are so, so, so fun. So I'm assuming you have an office somewhere in, I just haven't been there for a year and a half to do strike-offs or anything. So I have no idea where anybody is. So I'm a couple of doors down from Holly and Cindy. Okay. Um, and it's the first time in my, you know, adult working career that I've had an office. Um, so it feels cool and crazy and, um, you know, magical. And I tell people if the door's shut, it's something important. But if it's open, interrupt me and come in all day. Um, it's, it's, it's been really cool. So tell me a little bit about mini quilts, because that's kind of what you're known for. It's the thing you love doing the most. Well, like, tell me a little bit about that. Mini quilts, you know, my first quilt was what they would call wall hanging. Now we call mini quilts. And I'd like to think that anything 30 inches and below (laughs) Um, is pretty big though I mean I think of 30 inches as pretty big so maybe all I make is mini quilts and I don't even realize it (laughs) maybe um and the reason why mini quilts for me is I um feel like uh when I lived in New York City it was I didn't have space you know um my first apartment was 400 and some odd square feet you know I was sewing on an antique Hoosier cabinet didn't really have space to stretch out or have a large amount of fabric and so mini quilts was a way for me to make a project without it being you know having to take up a lot of space make a a mini project the other thing that I love about mini quilts is it gives me the opportunity to explore a new technique so I was anti-foundation paper piecing 
long time. I was like, I'm not doing that. That looks crazy, you know? And I watched a YouTube video that explained it very carefully and in a way that I understood. It was it was almost like foundation paper piecing for dummies, AKA me. And um, I ended up just, I kept exploring it. And through, so through mini quilts, I was able to figure out how to do foundation paper piecing that was comfortable for me. And now I, you know, I, I still will draw on a giant paper pad, my own foundation paper piecing templates. Um, and, you know, I do a lot of it still through, you know, I can do it through Illustrator and things like that, but there's something about drawing it myself that I love as part of the process of making a quilt. And so, you know, same thing, like I, you know, have tried different binding techniques. Um, I've, I went through this phase of rounding the corners on all of my little mini quilts. And that was a technique that I had to learn and bias binding because I didn't grow up doing bias binding. You know, even the thought of cutting a bias binding, I'm like, oh, and so I would say to Jack, help me. I don't know which way to fold the fabric. Um, really, that was just me trying to get him to do it for me. And <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, mini quilts is just it's it kind of just kept going. And that really was the foundation um, that has become the foundation of the, my brand as the tattoo quilter, you know, mini quilts. Um, and I love it. You know, I love uh, doing something, a small project and, and, and really just seeing it go from the, the very beginning of, you know, a fat core. And, and that's the other thing too. I don't, um, people are like, what about your fabric stash? And I have just learned because of living in New York City, I can't have a large amount of fabric. Um, and, and shockingly enough, even having my own sewing space now, I still don't have that much fabric. And being at Riley Blake, I still don't have a ton of fabric. Um, and that's because I've, I've conditioned my brain to say, you could have a half yard and under, you know, that was, and, and there would be times when I would, you know, buy something online and I would reach out to them and say, can you cut that yard into two half yards for me? It's easier for me to work with my product, you know? Um, and so I've just conditioned myself to, to work in those smaller parameters. And I, and I love it. It feels tidier. It feels like I'm accomplishing something. I'm using all of my fabric. Even if I have fabric left over I will use it until I can't use it anymore which is also the beauty of a mini quilt right like because there's there are ways to use your little stash pieces in a mini quilt that is really difficult when you have a big quilt because you feel like you have to use so much fabric to build that quilt yeah absolutely and especially with foundation paper piecing if you start and you get hooked there are so many little pieces in some of those templates that you could just dig through all of your little scraps and you're like, oh, this triangle, that's like a half inch by half inch. I could use it for the nose or, you know, like there's so many ways that you could keep using what you have. And um, yeah, it's pretty awesome. What are you working on right now? Oh, man. I, um, so when I signed as a designer at Riley Blake, I got this little box of fabric to say, welcome. And inside of it was this Crayola fat quarter box. And it had, you know, all the colors, the, the red, the, the Roy G. Biv of fat quarters for Crayola. And I um, was like, I don't know what I'm going to make with this. And I started, again, drawing my own foundation paper piece templates. It was two blocks. And I think I photographed it a couple of times with some other blocks. And I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with it. Time went on and during the pandemic, I pulled out this, I, I, I'm so weird. I will put things in like little zipper pouches, um, 
blocks, patterns, templates. And then I put, I have a Chester drawer that I put all that stuff in. And sometimes I'll go back through it and I'll say, oh, I, I didn't even finish making this. I need to finish this, or I need to make another one of these blocks. And um, I uh, found the two blocks. They were tucked into some other stuff. And I said, oh, I need to finish this. And so I laid the blocks out and I was like, okay, I want to do something else with it. And I ended up drawing, I think, three more templates um, and making it. And um, I finished it while uh, I finished the top itself. I don't know oh my know. gosh. Okay. If you're on the podcast, you're not going to see, see this, it. but if you're on YouTube, this is so cool. That is so um, cool, Christopher. So it's like he's used the colors as blocks, but he's done these really cool, intricate, asymmetric, like cool things to the blocks themselves. And then the machine quilting is fantastic. That I did not do um, because I have no patience when it comes to quilting. You, or you and me both, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I also don't love dense quilting. Um, please don't send me any hate email people, but I really don't. I, <laughs> and, I, and I think it's a beautiful thing and I see quilts and I'm blown away. And I love how it looks. I just have never, it's never been something that I've been, you know, that I've been, you know, that I've gravitated to. So uh, this, when I finished it, I, you know, moved it here to Salt Lake City and I was like, I have to quilt this. But I knew that me quilting it was not going to do the blocks justice. And so Chelsea Fitzgerald, I think Cuddle Up Quilts is her Instagram handle. I gave it to her and she was like, what are you thinking? And I was like, you know what? just go. I don't just do it because you gave I mean, creative license. You were just like, just do it. Yeah. I'm like, go for it. And she brought it to life in a way that I would have never imagined, or it had I quilted it myself would have never looked like that. Um, and so it's truly an art piece now where, you know, the journey of those blocks and that fabric and now the quilting has, it's just all come together and it's pretty magical. It is magical and it's beautiful. Like it is beautiful. And it's like the first time I've kind of thought of machine quilting as an art, although it's not really that even walking in the garden of quilts, the number of times I like kind of gasped at some people's machine quilting. I was like, okay, first of all, I zero patience apparently, because just watching, like seeing all the intricate, like the, just the little sewing scribbles. I'm like, I have zero patience for that. Like that is not me, but I am always amazed by the people who do do that kind of thing it's like seeing that quilt and now she's done two quilts for me um I it blows my mind because I can't I can't wrap my head around it. it's like um it's like people it's like a cook or a chef it's like how what is in your mind that you're able to just ta-da, this beautiful plate of food, ta-da, this beautiful long arm quilting. And I know it takes practice, like anything that we do as creatives, but I'm like, how do you start? Like, where do you, and I'm sure it's, it, I gave her a canvas and she went to work. And I just, like you, I don't have the patience for it. I'm like, how many lines of quilting can I get? Can I do this in the next hour? Let's go. I know. That's why we are just grateful for the people who want to do that part of it, right? I think we just get really grateful for the people who are willing to do that. Well, Christopher, it has been so fun to talk to you guys, to you guys, to you. <laughs> You're multiple people now. Um, if people are trying to find you, which you guys are going to want to, his feed is amazing. Tell everyone where they can find you. 
So on Instagram, it's at the tattooed quilter. And um, there's some underscores in there between the and tattooed. And um, on my website, the tattooedquilter.com. Yeah. And the, there are two T's and two O's in that. You guys, we're going to put the link in the description so that you guys can find him and all the marvelous things he's doing. Um, I am so excited for you. And I really hope I have you on the show again. And we can talk even more about Broadway and all the things going on and maybe, maybe even food. Cause man, we love our food. <laughs> yes. And my favorite soda shops here in Salt Lake city. Oh, see, I'm not a soda drinker. Like I'm a purely water drinker. So that, yeah, we, we should at some Good point. For you. I know, I know. Well, you can give everyone the soda shops and I'll tell everyone all my favorite foodie places and you can contribute to that. Although the place we ate at Garden of Quilts, Provence, is that how we say it? I don't even know. Provisions. Provisions, that's right. Um, is in my old Salt Lake neighborhood. And so it was really fun to go back and eat there because they have the best orange wallpaper. Yes, I am saying it orange wallpaper it's not just orange it's like fluorescent orange but it is the best yes so really good is. all right guys thanks so much for joining us joining us and we will talk to you guys soon hey did you know that you can visit me at makeanddesign.com to learn more about this podcast and join my vip group for weekly freebies i can't wait to see you there